Coach's Corner with Kelly and Landry, bringing you views and ideas from the coach's perspective. Welcome back, everybody, to the second episode of Coach's Corner Podcast. Today on the second episode, we have my little brother, actually, Coach Landry Asinesi. Thanks for having me. Uh, Landry, so you just finished up your second year as a grad assistant at Anderson University. Talk to us a little bit about that. Um, yeah, so just finished up my second year. Um, I Great experience overall. Um, a lot different than the Division One experience um, most people have as a graduate assistant. Their perception at the Division Two level, which where I was at, um, a lot more hands-on. Um, really treated more of like an assistant coach, not just uh, doing the dirty work. I mean, I did do the dirty work, but got to recruit, got to uh, do scouting reports. So I, I was really pretty much considered an assistant coach. That's great. Um, now, you, so you, you got you got to do a lot of the a lot of the scouting reports. Um, was that was that something that uh, you know? Obviously, that was new for you. Um, you hadn't been. Um, a high school coach or a college coach before, obviously, but you had been AAU coach um, for a few years. So obviously, um, being around those kind of kids, coaching wise and recruiting, especially, what other things was was something that kind of um, maybe that you weren't expecting that um, wasn't necessarily a bad thing, but what was something that oh, well, I you know uh, that was brought to the college coaching level, and you're like, wow, this is something that you know I'm gonna have to get used to that I'm, I have I had no idea. Um, that's actually a really good question. A lot of people, I think, outside the coaching world looking in, they think, oh, it's just X's and O's. It's just um, they get to play basketball. They get to coach basketball, and that's all they do. Um, there's so much more. I mean, you have you have paperwork you got to constantly fill out. you got to make sure guys are registered for classes. You have to make sure guys are staying strong academically. Um, there, there's so much more paperwork and behind the scenes stuff that you have to take care of. You have to log in everything you do as a coach. Um, whether that be, I I go and watch a kid play on a Friday night. I have to log that in with our compliance. Otherwise we get in trouble. So there's so much more behind the scenes work. It's not just coaching and, and, and just all basketball stuff. It's a lot of other stuff. Um, that, that you have to worry about and pay attention to. Right. No, I, I could definitely, I could definitely see where that, um, where, where, where that comes in. Um, talk to me a little bit about making that transition. You went right from being a, a college player to essentially a college coach. Um, you know, do you think, do you think being going straight from there one year later, not even a year later gave you you know, um, an upper hand, you didn't go, you know, you didn't go to high school and then up, you stayed um, around the college level. Um, you know, did, did, did you feel comfortable going straight from that into college coaching or did it, uh, were there, you know, did it kind of take you by surprise a little bit? No, I I think going straight from playing collegiately into the coaching world of uh, college basketball is really helpful. Um, I think I was able to take stuff that I learned as a player uh, and help transition that to stuff that the coaching staff maybe didn't know. Um, being a younger uh, player right out of college um, and the coaching staff haven't obviously, they haven't played, they're older than me. I think I brought some knowledge to them that I could relate more to the players. Like 
um, in practice or skill development. And um, I still had fresh memories of what we did in practice when I was a player um, that could help our team offensively, defensively, off the court, on the court, different stuff like that. Um, recruiting wise, uh, this is something I've always wanted to know. Did you ever find yourself? I know, I know a little bit about Anderson University, the way that they want to play, um, the style they play, um, and that was kind of your style as well as a player trying to get up and down the floor um, and getting guys the ball as, as quickly as you could, penetrating gaps, getting getting it out to them. Did you find yourself, um, you know, recruiting? Did you find yourself? Uh, getting or looking at players um, that reminded you of yourself or did you find players that, um, you know, kind of uh, uh, reflected your game a little bit? Because, um, you know, you know, for, for me, um, I think that would be one of the biggest things. Um, you know, I love high school coaching and I think it's a perfect fit for me. Can I do, could I do college coaching? I absolutely think I could. I think one of the biggest things for me, though, um, is I would find myself, uh, you know, trying to recruit guys that were just like myself as a player. Did you find any trouble um, or did you ever catch yourself? Like, ah, this is probably, you know, this guy reminds me, man, I love him, but he's probably not our fit. Um, n- not really, honestly. Um, I actually was, was the opposite. I wanted players that, that were, like, too good. I wanted... When I would go and watch games um, and I would see see a kid, it, the hardest thing recruiting for me my first year recruiting was um, not wanting, like, having to look below the big fish. Like, you go to a game and obviously what stands You never up, once found yourself like, uh, let, me go, let me go grab that underdog. Let me go grab. Let me go grab oh, someone. Sure, sure, let me sure. go grab someone who no one's watching. Um, might not be getting the Division Two, Division One looks, but he's someone in a year or two that's going to explode on this stage, and he's going to be a diamond in the rough that nobody wanted. Um, I feel like that those are the kids that I would be that I would be going after, and you know, I I understand in that business that's not what you that's not what you're supposed to do. Um, and that's why, well, that's why one of the reasons why I couldn't be a college coach, I don't think I would, I would recruit too much with my heart and not with, um, not enough with my brain. I would recruit based upon kids like me. I would recruit based upon, you know, this kid deserves a shot. He's good enough. I'm going to go ahead and give him a shot and help him prove other people wrong. Um, but like I said, that's also an easy way to get yourself fired in that business. Uh, I, I think there's less of those kids than you really think of. Like I, I, there's, there's a smaller number of kids out there like that. hundred percent that, that there's smaller amount. Yeah. 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 I'm, yeah I'm on board. It, yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, it's a really small amount. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying I would go out with the sole purpose of, of trying to find this kid, this particular kid that reminds me of me. He's got a few, you but, know, but, division but one let looks. Me, let, me, let me stop. Let me stop you there. It's changed since you have been in high school. When you were in high school, you didn't have like it. The recruiting scene has changed so much, and it, it's all because you know these kids get hyped up so much by these um, recruiting analysts. I'm putting quotations up in the air right now. 
um, you know, like the, uh, the, the, the big write-ups, the profilers. Yeah. Yeah. yeah sure. You know, and there's so many now, like, I feel like it's also about who it's still about who do you know? If, if a coach knows a profiler, he's going to go to his, go to this guy and say, Hey, my player can use a write-up. My player can a- use. A- absolutely. Absolutely. Like I, I see kids that I'll go on Twitter. I'm a big Twitter guy. Um, Big Twitter guy. Big, big Twitter guy. Big Twitter guy. Big Twitter guy. And I go on Twitter and I'll I'll look at some of these guys and what they're tweeting about. And I'll be at the tournament recruiting and I'll see them write up about this guy. And, and I, I go and watch the kid. Just I'm curious. And I'm like, how is this kid a low major to mid major D1? He wouldn't even play. He wouldn't even. I wouldn't even offer him. Absolutely. I wouldn't even offer him at the D2. Absolutely. And I would question a questionable D3 player. And, and then you look and you see he has well, two standout D1 players that are legitimate. And it makes him look better. So I think it's about who you play with, who you have your connections with. Um, but we got off topic. But to get back to your track, recruiting-wise, I do the opposite of what you do. I, I want – I'm so competitive in the fact that I want the kids that that people say, oh, we can't, he, he's too good for us. I, I want – I'm going to try and get him. I mean, it won't hurt. So you're trying to challenge yourself. I'm trying to challenge, trying to challenge I'm yourself. I'm trying to challenge can you, myself. Can you, be, can you be the John Calipari, but without the money? Without the money. Without and the, smooth this guy yes. to mm-hmm. get to where, because I'm going to go ahead and steal this guy. Yes. And, I'm, and, I'm gonna, and when he performs really well, I'm going to do whatever I can to keep him at this Division II school and not want to jump ahead and maybe try the Division I waters. Yes. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Um, that And... I mean, that's what I've, I've tried. That's, I think that's what I've grown my modeled, my recruiting after is I I don't like settling. Um, if I'm recruiting you, I love you. Like, I don't just, I'm not just going to recruit a kid just to recruit a kid. Um, just because, Oh, three other D twos have offered him. Maybe we should recruit him. Well, maybe I don't like him. So I, if I'm recruiting a kid, I love him. I'm not going to be the type to have recruiting, you know, if we need a point guard, I'm not recruiting 10 point guards at once. I think that's pointless. I'm, I'm focusing in on two or three. You know, at the end of the day, you can always, you're always going to be able to find a player, you know, if you scramble. He may not be very good, but if you're, I'm going all in on two or three guys. Got it. Got it. Um, do you, do you find yourself, you know, when you have when you have spare time, do you find yourself at all? Um, do you, do you watch do you watch college basketball at all, or do you ever? I know this year was kind of, but you still we still got you know a good, um, uh, you know, three three and a half four months in. Um, do you find yourself, you know, do you need like us to step away, you know, watch? Because I know some coaches they, you know, I'll you know I used to talk to some and. Um, it's either I have no time or, you know, um, cause I'm watching film or, you know, the spare time that I do have, I'm spending it with my kids. I'm spending it with my family. Um, you know, I know you're a younger guy, so you don't really have to worry about that, but is that something, um, is that something you find yourself doing or is it, you know, Oh, basketball's on. I want more. I'm watching. I'm learning. Uh, I, I think it's a mixture of both. Um, like what I'm, you know, do, do you, do you, when you have spare time, because I know not you, you're getting back at two a.m., three a.m., and you like your sleep, and you whenever you have spare time and extra time, you're gonna 
um, you know, use it wisely. But do you find yourself ever, um, you know, oh, the game's on, turn on the game and watch more basketball? Yes, but it's what I've realized in these past two years in the uh, coaching world is um, you don't have time to watch other games. You know, you're so focused on your conference and, and the next opponent. Um, you know, do I watch college basketball? Yeah, I watch college basketball in our conference. I watch those games. I watch games when I, I absolutely watch games when I have the opportunity. The one thing I do not watch, and a lot of college coaches, I've gotten backlash about this, is I don't watch NBA. Um, I wa- I'll watch it, but I'm not like, uh, oh my gosh, NBA. Like I don't, I don't watch, watch it probably for a different reason than you do. Um, well, my, my reason is, and, and I had someone, I had a coach tell me once when you're watching an NBA game and it's actually good advice, watch the last three or four minutes of the game, because that's when coaches are actually going to coach. That's when you're going to see out of timeouts, quick hitters that you could possibly like in the last three or four minutes. I agree. So I, I I like that point, but you also got to remember you see on Twitter, um, Again with the Twitter, you see these guys. Look at Big this. Look at this set that the San Antonio Spurs ran, or, or Brad Stevens ran for the Celtics. And I'm th- thinking to myself, you know, no high school team's going to use those plays. And maybe the elite Division One, maybe good Division. I mean, you're talking plays that are run for the best of the best in the world. And so, and they're running them to perfection. You know how hard it is for a high school team to yeah. run a play like that to perfection, oh, let, let alone remember it, or, uh, yeah. or, or average D2 guys? Yeah. You know, so I'm more so, I like taking plays, watching the mid-major college basketball and taking plays from them. Yes. Um, but I agree. Totally I, agree. I like watching the last three or four minutes of NBA games. Um, who, who did you try to model your game after her. If someone were to ask you, like I'll ask you right now, um, who, who did you resemble um, player wise when you were a player who, or who did you try to resemble? Who did you try to, you know, like mm. you said to yourself, I want to be that guy or I'm going to try to be like this guy. I'm practicing his moves. Um, I'm doing, you know, I'm watching him to, you know, copy whatever. Um, Definitely wasn't a scorer, so I, I would say Rondo probably. Um, a lot of his uh, ball fakes, um, stuff like that. Um, I always took pride in passing, uh, penetration, getting the guy's open shot. I don't know why that just brought more satisfaction to me if getting a guy a wide open look and knowing I created that open look for him uh, rather than getting my own bucket. I know I'm weird, but uh, so it's all about buckets, Rondo. man. Rondo probably. You're I, weird. It's all about getting buckets. I, no, I, I am very weird. It's I, all about I, getting I, buckets. I openly admit that. Um, I know. I know. Uh, a buddy of mine in college, Peyton Lucan, would tell me all the time. I have the record for most dribbles in, in a season because I would just pound the ball and dribble. Well, that's not good. Not over dribble like that. No, no, but get rid of the, he, he get also rid of the he ball. also said I was a selfish selfish assist. Selfish assist guy. Wow. It's tough to say. Say that 10 times fast. Yeah. Um, so, you know, following up with that question, is there someone that you try to um, see yourself as, you know, in 10 years, 20 years, 30 years down the line as a coach? You know, you, you envision yourself as another player all the time when you're a player. Um, 
But as a coach, do you say, you know, obviously um, it's harder to say, oh, I want to coach like this guy. Um, or you might have the same, you know, the same principles. You might have the same um, philosophy. Um, but is there someone where you want to say, yeah, I'd like to be in that guy's position or that guy, this guy does it right, does it the right way. I want to be, um, you know, where he's at. I want to, I may want to follow his path and do what he did. Um, you know, whoever it may be. I'll give you a D one coach. I'll give you a D two coach and then I'll give you a D three coach. Go for it. All right. Uh, D one coach. I want to, I'm going to go with girl on the girl side. I'm going to go with Gino. Okay. Gino Gino Oriyama. Yep. I'm going to go with Gino. UConn. Um, I, I just think the culture he's built and the, like the non, the no nonsense type, um, everyone buying in the energy. Uh, I would love to just sit. I'd love if I could, I'd be a volunteer assistant for him. Um, I, I would absolutely love it just to be a season with him and see how everything operates. Um, moving to the D two level, I'm going to go with your man. I'm going to go with, uh, Aker out of, uh, Oklahoma Baptist. Jason Aker. Yep. Uh, Love that guy. If you ever see his Instagram when he posts videos of his guys uh, scoring or highlights, and you see him on the sideline, the energy, enthusiasm, I, I love. And let me tell you something right there: none of that is fake. I, you none can of, tell it's not. none of that. It is so genuine. One of the one of the most genuine coaches that I've ever had the pleasure to be around. Um, ener- energy wise, um, he's going to push you. He's going to. He's going to ask you to do things, um, and he does it the right way. Um, and as a player, you appreciate it that much more. Um, so that that's a great option, especially at the you know at, at for for that level. Yeah, I, I wouldn't be surprised if he's got his team ranked top twenty five consistently moving forward, making the NCAA tournament, winning conferences. Um, but yeah, I, I I love his energy, enthusiasm, and then last division D3, three, what you got D three. Um, just the style of play. I don't even know his coaching, what he's like as a coach, but his style of play, I'm going to go with Emery. Um, I've always been up and down, picky up full court. Um, as soon as, like, if you ever watch them play, as soon as the ball, the other team scores and it goes out of the, they get it out of the net. I, I think it's whoever gets it besides the point guard is closest, grabs it, takes it, and they're, they're pushing. Um, I, I think, so really it's three different styles. Gino for his culture. I want to see how he does his culture and how he, he builds on that. Division two, Aker at Oklahoma Baptist because of his energy enthusiasm. And then Zimmerman and Emery for Division three, uh, the style of play, the tempo, the pace. Awesome. I love it. Um, I think uh, I think Gino Oriema would be would be definitely my number one or number two. Um, you know, I, I don't. You know, college coaches, I think Mark Few would be up there for me. Um, just what he's done at Gonzaga. He's had multiple opportunities to move up, you know, quote unquote up. Um, and I only say that because, you know, they are a mid-major. They're in a mid-major conference. But them themselves, they are not. He's built them into a national powerhouse. Um, and, you know, two years ago, going to the um, the finals, Um and, uh, you know, I, I respect someone like that who, who didn't move. Um, he loves it there. He's comfortable there. Um, I love the, I love the way he coaches. The other one that I'm going to throw at you is, um, is Bobby Knight. Um, oh yeah. Everyone. I mean, I, uh, you know, the thing with Bobby Knight is there's, there's certain things that, that just aren't instilled in me to do. 
um, like he did. Um, but there are, you know, philosophy wise and, um, uh, you know, what you believe um, in terms of how to get your players to buy in um, the right way. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, I think that is, uh, you know, by far the best, um, you know, to, to ever do it. I, I, I agree. I just think um, the thing that bothers me most is when people say they could they could play for Bobby Knight, and then you watch them, and then they 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 can't take it realistically. So I don't like people that say they can play. Like, oh, I'd love to play for a Bobby Knight, and then they can't even take constructive criticism from like someone just speaking to them. I know, alone, I know let, a lot of people that say, say let know, alone just yelling. straight up, they couldn't play yeah. for Bobby Knight because he yells too much. Mm-hmm. Um, they don't I, I don't like mind. I don't mind the yelling. Um, I, I, I think, I mean, I've been around coaches who don't yell and I mean, both ways, both have their pros and cons, but I would, I mean, to get the most out of your players, you have to yell, not directly. I mean, yeah, directly at them, um, I mean, there's ways to go about it. Positive energy, like positive yelling, you know, it, it's, it's just, it's about who you are. So nice. Um, couple quickly here. We got, we got a few more minutes. Um, so what's next for you, for you? Um, it's a great question. Um, you know, we, uh, you know, we're hearing about your journey. You were at Anderson, University for two years, Division Two in Anderson, South Carolina. Um, you did a great job. You actually um, recruited one of the best um, freshmen in the conference this year. Um, yeah, freshman of the year. He was freshman of the year. Mm-hmm. You know, congratulations to you for that. Congratulations Thank to you. him. Thank you. Um, Good kid. Yeah. Um, and you know, I, I got to see him play a few times. Um, has a very very bright future. Um, and I know it always feels good as a coach when you feel it feels good for him. You're happy for him. And, and it, you know, to be honest, it has to feel good, you know, and on your shoulders, you recruited him. You're responsible for him. Um, and he was freshman of the year. That's a huge accomplishment. Um, and there were let me and I will say that people, you know, because it's always stuff that goes on behind closed doors. Um you know, well, wow, he was freshman of the year, this and that. The journey he went through all season, um, if you look at his stats early on in the season, I, I mean, he was getting barely any playing time. We were talking like that he was struggling in practice. He was, you know, it, it was he was having a hard time finding his kind of finding himself. Um, and but he never gave up. I mean, there were times where he was down. We uh, we would have to talk to him and and cheer him up. But He's, he stayed the course, and I think that's what players struggle with nowadays. They just see that he was freshman of the year. They think it happened like that. But, I mean, he struggled. Early on, he struggled. There were times where we were like, oh, my gosh, what, like, what's what's going on? Do we right. need to call his high school coach? Right. And, and then it finally clicked, and he finally found a groove. And, and just like that, I mean, he had a great second half of the year. So I, I think the biggest thing that players need to understand is to trust the process. Right. So back to it. Um, you know, do you have any plans yet? You're um, because of what's going on with this, you know, virus and the pandemic. Um, you know, your your time at Anderson as a coach is kind of getting cut a little short. Um, you're graduating soon with your master's. Um, so what 
do you have anything in mind? Do you just, uh, you know, is it a, a wait and see kind of game? It's tough with, you know, with what's going on. Not a lot of coaches are leaving. Not a lot of coaches are, um, are being fired. No changes. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, what, what's, uh, what's, what's on the mind right now? Uh, I mean, no, you, I mean, you hit, you hit it just perfect right there. You hit the, uh, the nail on the head. Um, I, no, nothing's happening really. Uh, you're, you're seeing less and less, um, changes. That's because, especially at the division one level, you're not seeing coaches get fired because then you have to see contract buyouts and these schools don't have that money. I mean, I'm seeing, I saw today, um, university of Cincinnati is, is let letting go of their men's soccer program. Um, so universities are getting hit hard, uh, and you're not going to see much, you know, you're not going to see coaches take chance because they need a job. So job security, and you're not going to see universities um, fire coaches because they don't want to have to buy them out of their contract. Uh, so it's kind of a wait and see. Um, okay. I, I, I can't answer that. Uh, I've talked with my head coach at Anderson. I have a spot there as, as an unpaid. Uh, I'd be a, I'd be an assistant coach on staff. It wouldn't be, volunteer but technically it would be i would i you know right so i have that but um i mean i don't know um okay and uh you know real quickly before before we let you go um what you went through a journey a, a big journey to get to get here to get this job in the first place this mm-hmm. you know this grad assistant spot um you know i know you went through applying to numerous schools and um, all over the U.S. and <clears throat> you had multiple opportunities to be a volunteer assistant at Division One, but they weren't going to pay for your master's. It wasn't really a grad. It was going to be, and eh, we'll see where we're at. If someone leaves after that, you might be able to slide in. Um, and then Anderson University kind of came in late for you. Um, so real quick, if someone's in your position and they're coming out of college and they're looking to get, you know, um, into the coaching world and they want to go grad school and be a grad assistant first what would your best advice be to to them or you know to approach this journey um resilient i mean you you gotta that that's the one word that comes to mind is you gotta i mean you have to be so resilient and just so hard working and you have to just blast out emails over and over you gotta bother them Um, you know, let's say you want to go to, you know, you know, blah, blah, state university to division one, and they got five coaches on staff. You got to be annoying. Email, email the bottom two assistants in the Dobo. They don't answer in a week, email them again. Um, and then I, I would just say, stay the course, be patient. Um, sometimes you have to work for free. If you really want to be in the profession, you have to work for free money. You can't worry about money. Um, if you ask any big time coach, you can't worry about the money. You'll have, you're going to have to, you're going to be living poor for a while in the, in this business, but it pays off. And it's, if it's your dream, then, right. I mean, that's, if that's what you want to do, that's what you got to chase it down. You got to chase it down. But I would just say, you got to just blast out emails. You got to be annoying. You got to, um, bother these guys. I mean, they're getting hundreds of emails a day. Yeah, for sure. So that's all I would say to anyone that's, that's trying to, to make it advice. Um, all right. Well, Landry, thank you for, uh, 
Thank you for stopping by our Coach's Corner podcast, Coach. Uh, we will definitely be having you on again and talk about a few more topics. Um, and uh, we wish you the best of luck with uh, with your next uh, with your next journey. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Really big Twitter it. guy over here. Big Twitter guy.